I'm Dr. Gene Hansen. For more than 25 years, I've been answering your financial questions on Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. This is Money Talks, providing honest, straightforward answers to your financial questions. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, April 4th, 2020. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... four essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Greed. In the dollar, it's a late rally on Wall Street. Too big to fail. Growing the economy. Growing the economy. It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talk. Money Talk. Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on radio. I'm Troy Harmon. Here today again with the uh, the A team, we got Bill Laco, who is the managing director of Hensler Financial, as well as the founder of the firm and the show, Dr. Gene Hensler. Glad Dr. to be with you. Yes, good to have you again. And we also have a special guest today, Mr. Pete O'Hearn, who has been in banking for over 25 years. He's got experience as an SBA lender. Uh, he is the national sales manager for the government guaranteed lending team at Coastal States Bank. Coastal States uh, is is located throughout the southeast, uh, basically the low, low country of South Carolina, Savannah, Atlanta, North Georgia. So he's covering the southeast. Pete, good to have you with us. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks. Yeah, uh, so Bill, you wanted to talk a little, maybe, well, well, or a we, lot. Well, we had a little bill pass. Well, we had a little bill pass called the CARES Act. Right, right? $2, two trillion, something, something like it's that. It's a little bill. It's small, right? Not a big deal. Not a big that You guys write that kind of those kind of loans all the time, don't you, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a little bit above our legal lending limit. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Look, uh, you know... What most people don't understand is the law got passed, and if you actually read the law, which we did, um, <laughs> it's a lot of pages. They, the government gave the SBA administration, which is going to be basically providing the support to the PPP, which is the Paycheck Protection Program, 15 days to come up with guidance. Now, my understanding is they're pretty much every day giving you guidance, but you still don't have final instructions yet. Is that correct? Yes, it's uh, it's been a very fluid process for the last five days. They have up to 15 days, but we're hoping to get delivery on kind of final program details and rollout from the SBA on the kind of the rules and regulations of the program in the next hopefully 24 to 48 hours. Well, that would be good. So it, let's just talk about the payment protection program. So what are you telling your your clients today in terms of what they need to be doing to prepare to potentially get loans? So. I am one of those people who would like to get in line <laughs> because, I mean, we're, we're thus far, Dr. Gene is reaching into, we call it the bank of Gene, uh, where there is no lending limit. <laughs> yeah, or regulation. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I mean, last week I was going to fire him. This week I like him a lot. So. Yes. <laughs> um, um, uh, you know, so what, what is the process you're telling your customers to be, you know, getting to get, you know, what documents, forms, all that kind of stuff? Sure. For, well, the most important thing is is trying to get your uh, financial house in order at this point. I think the most into- important document to the Triple uh, P program will be your payroll file and your payroll tax filings. That, that's the important documents that we will need as a lender 
to do the calculation on the loan amount. And uh, basically that calculation is two and a half times their average total monthly payroll costs over the last year. For for payrolls under $100,000, correct? Yes, uh, good point. That's that's for anyone that uh, has a salary at $100,000 and below. So let's say you're at a buck and a half. We're going to knock that down to $100,000 for our calculation. Got it. Okay, so every uh, Pete, excuse me, every uh, so the most you can get is based on a hundred thousand dollars a year. Well, the most you can get is take all your employees. If you've got anybody over a hundred thousand, you're going to knock their level down to a hundred thousand when you're doing the calculation. Okay, gotcha. Okay, all right. And then basically you're what? You're going to take the last 12 months, divide it by 12, and, and that's going to be your monthly average, and then you can times that, in theory, two and a half times, correct? Two, two and a half times that number. And there's some other uh, payroll expenses or costs that are, can be included in that, such as health care benefits, insurance premiums. That's where we're waiting for some additional guidance on exactly what can be included and what can't be included. Yeah, so they haven't really said whether it's the employer-paid part or the total cost of the insurance, right? Correct. Yeah, so there's there's still a lot of guidance to do here. Now, my understanding of this uh, in general terms is if you keep the employees through, uh, forgive me, is it end of July or is it longer than that? Uh, if you keep them on the payroll through the end of Ju- June 30th, right? 30, yeah, yeah, June 30th. June 30. Then June this 30. is no longer a loan. It becomes a grant. Is that correct? Well, the, the way the Triple P uh, program works is um, it's two and a half times your monthly average payroll. Once you're approved for that loan, the money would be dispersed. And over the next eight weeks, hopefully you'll use it entirely for payroll, because if, if you do that, then you are 100% available uh, to take part of a debt forgiveness program. That'll be part of that. If you don't use it for strictly payroll purposes, there may be a couple of covered expenses that may go into that calculation as well on debt forgiveness. That would be covered expenses such as rent, utilities, and mortgage interest, all of which had to be in place prior to February 15th of this year. So as far as we know now from the guidance we're getting, that would basically go from being a loan, which has to be paid back over 10 years at 4% interest per year to a grant that you don't have to pay back, as far as we know today. Well, well Bill, actually, it's changed uh, since oh. the last time we spoke nice. on the phone. <laughs> nice. so, so the latest and greatest on that is it will be at a 0.5% interest rate. Wow. So. Pretty cheap money, right? Sign me right. up. How, how much can we get? Yeah. Can we go more than two and a half? <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Exactly. I'm sorry. That's a bad joke. I think there's $359 billion available, Bill. <laughs> we snatch up some of that? <laughs> yeah. And here's the other kicker, though. The, the term of the loan went from 10 years to two years. Ah. So, so there's quite a bit of pushback right now, and that's kind of what we're waiting for from a uh, – outcome on the SBA side of things and the additional guidance, obviously when they cut the interest rate and when they cut the term back, um, you know, 
lenders got a little concerned, right? Yeah. Um, also puts a little bit of pressure, if you think about it, for a small business. If you end up not using the monies for payroll, then it, it, it can't be forgiven, right. okay? It would go on to a two-year term. And if you think about that, a two-year term of which the first six months is going to be deferred payments. There's going to be no payments for six months. So you're going to amortize whatever that dollar amount that's not covered, it's not months. forgiven over a 15-month term, or excuse me, an 18-month term. Yeah, I well, like Pete, the sound that, of that. That doesn't, that doesn't seem unfair to me in that the object of this is, is to keep people employed. That's, you're, you're, you're spot on. And at the end of the day, that's where we're going to do most of our lending is the folks that want to use it for payroll. It's really to put people back to work that have been laid off or furloughed or help these small businesses that have been carrying these people and not being able to, you know, do their normal sales cycle, if you will. Pete, I've uh, I've been listening to this thing pretty close, and, and I know you even mentioned it's very liquid, so we don't know exactly the, the end result, but uh, it seems that some lenders are having a problem with that 0.5% interest, uh, meaning that there's very little profit going to be in it for them uh, as a lender. Uh, but at the same time, the system might be overwhelmed. Do you do you believe? Uh, I mean, from your experience, uh, that that could be ish- an issue. Well, I mean, obviously, there's there's a lot of folks that are waiting to kind of participate in this program, right? Um, as far as the the cost goes, there are some fees that are paid to the lenders by the government Good. For, Good. for participating in this program. Yeah, you can't make a you you can't cover costs at, at a half a percent. No, you're you're you yeah. at that level you're be you're below the cost of funds. So the offset yeah. would be would be the fees that are associated on the front end of these originations. However, at the end of the day, it's a very 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 thin margin. Even well, even with your fees. to keep keep you guys in business. Well, as I, as I mentioned, we're we're going to focus primarily on the payroll and the forgiveness of that payroll. So if you think about it, it will be a short-term program for most people that go into it. They borrow the money for their payroll. They put the people back to work. They bring them back from their furloughs, or they continue to pay the folks for the next eight weeks or ten weeks in the program, and then that debt is forgiven. Yeah, and so from your point of view as a banker, it doesn't count against your lending or your capital reserves or any of that kind of stuff, right? Risk-based lending is well. Kind of... It'll be a very, it'll be a, in the in the scheme of things, it'll be a very short-term program. Okay. But at this point, the pent-up demand, the big question mark is, is is there enough funds to go around? And that's something else that's being. Oh, changed. they can print the money. They just print it, man. Come on, they just send a little. It's like an electron. It doesn't even, money's American not even way. anything anymore. Come on. All right, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, of course. Pete, we're going to stop here for a quick break. Do you mind? Will you stay for one more segment? i got a few more questions. Sure. I'd okay. be happy to. All right, we're going to stop appreciate here. appreciate it. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to Money Talks. Stick around. Don't touch that dial. If you do, go wash your hands. <laughs> social distancing, small groups, reacting to the unexpected, takes a lot of knowing, self-quarantine. 
This is Money Talks. We're back. I'm Troy Harmon here with Bill Laco and Dr. Gene Hensler. We also still have a special guest, Pete O'Hearn, on the line. Uh, Pete is with Coastal States Bank, and uh, he's been talking to us about SBA loans and the Triple P and who, who I mean, in all of your life, did you ever think we'd be talking about SBA loans? Uh, Never. No. Did you ever think we'd be shut down for a month? We're really six weeks now, right? Yeah. With the SBA actually administering a, a bailout? No, I did We're not. not making fun of you, Pete. We're just saying things really no, have changed no, in two I weeks. Gotta you know? you, I, I got an SBA loan to buy a wine shop a thousand years ago. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah it's been a great program for a long time. It has. I, I, it was helpful for me at the time. And boy, this is going to be helpful for a lot of people. Yeah. So, so Pete, uh, definitely I, you know, different times. W- one of the things I wanted to point out is that the the, the one misnomer, you know, because you hear the PPP covers you know small businesses and corporations that kind of stuff and nonprofits, and they don't really clarify off the top. None of the news media seems to want to actually read anything. But the bottom line is it only covers nonprofits that are 501c3s, which is your normal charity, i.e. Salvation Army and, right. you know, uh, uh, Center for Family Resources sure. or Cobb Chamber, not Cobb Chamber, uh, Cobb Community Foundation, those types of exactly. charities, or a 501c19, which are veteran organizations. So everybody else that falls in between doesn't qualify for this program. Is that your understanding? Yeah, that is exactly my understanding at this point. Yep. So, I mean, it, it is it is interesting that they made that delineation. I'm not sure what the backroom wranglings were for that, but I would have liked to have been a fly on the wall. Mm. Um, but th- th- that doesn't mean those people that fall into that category, and frankly, maybe they need the PPP and they still have a very strong economic issue, can't, can't use um, the, what is called the economic injury disaster loan. Uh, oh my gosh! I know E I D L, I believe, is what their the acronym is. Um, but as I understand, Pete, this is where you would go directly to the SBA website. It's it's a fairly short form because I actually started doing it um, uh, for 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 an organization that I'm involved in that does not qualify for the 501c3. Um, it's not very long, um, but is that your understanding that uh, that's where you would go if you need more money than what PPP can provide you? Exactly. In fact, um, these, as you mentioned, direct loans from the SBA, there's no bank involvement. Uh, these loans are long-term, though. These loans have an, uh, a term of up to 30 years. Um, the interest rate that is quoted right now is 375 for for-profit small business and 275 for nonprofits. And they'll lend up to what, about they'll $2 million? Lend, they'll lend up to, yeah, exactly, $2 million bucks. That's their top-line number. So if you're in a situation where, and, and I think we were talking during the break, that uh, you can actually get the PPP as well as this, potentially, as long as you use the monies for separate things. So if you want to cover your payroll for the next eight weeks or so, go get the PPP. And if you need long-term capital for, I don't know, not sure what what that would look like, but if you need it, then this is where you would go try to find help here. Is that correct? Yeah, you want to you want to make sure you're not uh, using the same use of proceeds in each program. So, triple P strictly for payroll, for the most part, 
um, and uh, the EIDL program might be for short-term assets, long-term assets, something that was outside of your payroll that, uh, you know, the COVID-19 virus and this this situation we're in today has caused your your business additional uh, capital constraints. Okay. Say, Pete, I I have a question, and and it's that um, do most small businesses uh, have the ability to quickly get their payroll payroll numbers when they apply for a loan? A great question. I I think most should have the ability to do so. It it really depends on, you know, uh, keeping your financial house in order. You know, so many times – we tell folks on the front end of loans, you know, post-injection liquidity, capital reserves, very important. No better important time and lesson learned right now that people that don't have dry powder really need this triple P program yep. sooner rather than later. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you should always have your financial house in order. I know it's easy to say I'm in finance, but at the end of the day, uh, it, it for situations just like this, you'll have the ability to pull that information together very quickly. Hey, Pete, can you give us a way that we can get in touch with you if folks had questions? Sure. I can be reached uh, at my email address, which is my first initial P is in Peter, last name O'Hearn, O-H-E-R-N, at Coastal States Bank, so C-O-S-T-A-L, S-T-A-T-E-S, bank, B-A-N-K, dot com. I'm assuming that you really don't want any additional people to call you. <laughs> well, let's, actually, that's a good question because I was going to ask this question. So, so, so from a uh, pragmatic, technical point of view, are you only dealing with your current bank customers? Are you taking new people? How are you prioritizing or is it first come, first yeah, serve? Great, or? great. Great question. So, so right now, you know, prioritizing, we're helping current customers, right? Um, and at the same standpoint, in that same sentence, I would say for folks listening, uh, if you have a current bank, obviously you may have a good relationship there. I would go to your current bank first. Uh, there's not every bank is going to be participating in this program. So we have heard that certain banks won't be doing uh, triple P loans. Um, some may not be uh, approved by the SBA for processing at this point, but they can apply and they can be hopefully expedited on that process. But um, yeah, we're going to help our current customers. We may help some additional folks as well. But uh, as you can imagine, uh, emails and phone calls are uh, incredible high volume in the last five days. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, listen, as the as the guidance comes out, um, are you willing to come on next week maybe if... Uh... So we can pick your brain some more about how to maneuver through these uh, shark-infested waters, so to speak? Sure. I'd, I'd be happy to schedule permitting and as, uh, as long as I still have my sanity, right? I understand. <laughs> Believe me, I, I understand. <laughs> I well, get Pete, we really appreciate you coming on. And um, I, I haven't said much because I'm, I'm learning a whole bunch. And I hope our well, listeners are. I'm glad to help in any way I can, and, and uh, hope everybody stays healthy out there. Oh, absolutely. Well, thank you again, Pete. Thank and we'll you very much. And we'll talk to you uh, next week. Thank you. Thanks again, guys. Take All care. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
You want to stop here for a quick break? Let's yeah, do that. Well, that was back very back. informative. That was yeah, no, wonderful, yeah. Bill. It was, absolutely. We're going to take a real quick break. We'll be right back with Money Talks. Need to prepare. Need to prepare. Life can turn on a dime. Know where your dimes are. This is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Bill Laco and Dr. Gene Hensler. We uh, appreciate Pete O'Hearn coming on and talking to us about SBA loans and the PPP and how we might uh, get assistance for businesses. Uh, if you have questions for us, we always love to hear from you. You can call our question hotline. One eight five five four two nine nine one six six. You'll ring into that number. Uh, you'll get a message. Leave your question right behind the message, and uh, we'll play that on the air and answer right behind it. If you'd rather talk to a human being, uh, believe it or not, we got somebody that'll answer the phone. You can call seven seven zero four two nine nine one six six, or you can email us at drgene at hensler dot com. That's d r g e n e at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com, or you can go to our website, Hensler.com. We've got all sorts of information on there. In fact, you can go on and uh, find our newsletter um, by by going to the top page. Go to the very bottom of the front page of the, the Hensler.com the bottom of the front page. Right. Bottom of the bottom of the <laughs> Easy front for page. You to say. You Easy for you to say. It's but we also have a Coronavirus and Cares Act page. That's right. Yeah. So you can go there as well. And we're updating. We literally are going through the act. We're, we're not getting other people's information. We're reading the actual bill. You cannot believe how many pages it is. Yeah, it's tough. And coming up with strategies on how to best handle uh, your money. Um, so, first of all, just going back to Coastal States Bank, the reason we had Pete on, besides the fact that he's an expert in this area, is we do business with Coastal States Bank. They're, they're a local bank. You know, I mean, you're local. This is going to be the first time since 08 and 09. Um, bankers are going to save our you-know-what. Yeah. So, in 08 and 09, maybe we didn't like them so much, but, you know. We saved them. That's yeah, right. And yeah, this time, they're going to turn around. I mean, obviously, it's our money, but at the end of the day, um, and, and you're going to have a lot more local banks, I think, involved in the SBA lending. Not that the Wells Fargo's and the Chase's and the world's of the world's won't help, but, you know, if you've got a relationship with your community banker, that's a big deal, and they tend to care more. And I'm not, I'm not disparaging big banks. I'm just staying. Yeah. Well, Bill, I will. <laughs> uh, That's fair. <laughs> I, I, I think that uh, developing a relationship with a bank is very, very important. Like, like it, it, establishing a relationship with 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 financial advisor like us. And uh, the big guys, quite frankly, if you're a small businessman, really don't care a whole lot about you. Be frank. Yep. And I think community banks do, and they try to say. We'll help you grow and you help us grow. So um, that'll be my pitch because I don't think Bank of America and Chase is going to do a whole lot of sponsoring on this show, Bill. That's fair. That's fair. That's true. You know, <laughs> SBA lending is, is also kind of a, a niche. It is. Uh, a you know, specialty. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, finding somebody like Pete uh, who can help you specifically in that area uh, which is what you need to yeah. do at the moment, uh, well, is, is it, always a great and thing. And look, if you don't have a relationship with a banker, why not start one now? Because you definitely true. need uh, – look, there, there is something in this bill for everybody. Um, 
and, and before I get into you know what's going on with mandatory withdrawals and can you take money out of your retirement account, I, I did want to talk about one thing, Gene. That that is a unique scenario that is to Georgia and Georgia employers. So first of all, and we talked about this last week, but you have to if you're going to lay somebody off, furlough someone, or um, um, reduce their their time. So if you go from 40 hours to 35 hours, you need to report it to the Department of Labor. Normally, you wouldn't have to do that, but you have to do that now if you don't want those insurance claims to count against your insurance premiums. So we all pay uninsured premiums to the state of Georgia. And so the federal government is backstopping that. So as long as you report to Georgia, I'm laying off three people or I'm furloughing three people. And we're going to talk about the difference between those two because I've gotten an education of this. Um, not because we're going to do any of that here at Hensler, but I, like I said, I belong to some other organizations that we're having to look at that scenario. Um, but the bottom line is, as long as you as the employer report this, then whatever whatever it costs for that employee to be paid will not, not going to impact your premium. Correct. Yeah. So that's a big, big deal. It is a huge it's deal. It's a huge deal. Um, so layoffs. You lay someone off that's generally saying, look, you're no longer employed here. Go away. Furlough means, look, we don't have any work for you. I don't want to fire you. Give me some time to figure this out. You're still, you know, as soon as we, you're still on the rolls, but I'm not paying you anything. Right. Either one of those allows them to draw unemployment. Now, the unique thing in the state of Georgia today is that the first used to be, okay, if you earned $1, that $1 would count against however much they would pay you. Right. Okay. Well, the state of Georgia has said for the foreseeable future, i.e. probably to the, I don't know what date it is off the top of my head, but let's call it through the end of June, you can earn up to $300 per week, and it won't count against your benefits. So theoretically, Gene, you can earn $365 a week unemployment from the state of Georgia if you get the max, and there's a crazy formula for this, so yeah. I'm not going to try to do it on air. But theoretically, your employee, or if you're unemployed, you could get up to $365 a week, Plus, the federal government now is backstopping you for 600 bucks, so that's $965 a week, and you could work and earn $300 a week. Do you, Bill, do you know anybody who's hiring 80-year-olds? <laughs> Not me. I'm trying to fire you, man. So I, can I fire you and still have the Bank of Gene line of credit, or is that... Uh, no, no, don't work that way. Okay. I mean, you got to ask, right? <laughs> you, don't, you don't get if you don't ask. Yeah, you, you ask too much, and yeah. you might get cut off anyway. But, but look, this is a this hey, guys, is a, this is a sh- I got to tell you, these are the craziest time in my life. Uh, uh, yeah, and, and we thought oh eight no nine was bad. Yeah. And I tell you right now, I can't believe how I'm sitting here looking at this and going. My gosh, all I know so far is that I think the government's done a good job in the idea that uh, this uh, covering people who keep people employed is the number one thing they can do. Um, And for that, I'm very happy. But, Bill, do you have any problems with what's going on and what's not being taken care of? Well, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, as long as that emergency loan, that uh, EIDL, whatever it's called, actually works for the people they cut out of the bill, no, I don't have a problem. I think we're pretty good for right now. That all depends on how long they're going to, you know, shelter and place us and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, you know, this works for a couple of months, I think, but beyond a couple of months, they're going to have to do something else. 
Oh yeah, I, I I don't think I don't think there's any question about that. But I just my concern is is how slow they are in getting these things out. Well, I mean, Mnuchin said when they signed the bill it was going to be three weeks, and we're okay. into it for a week. You know, my guess is, I mean, I've heard rumors that you could start putting in applications tomorrow. I mean, I've yet to see that. I've yet to see the spreadsheets. You know, um, my guess is you're probably talking early next week, and then it'll probably take what a week to process, and then you start getting your money. I, I'm not. I'm not. I don't know. You know, the bill literally says the SBA has 15 days from the date it was signed to have guidance in place and start passing out money. So they're up against the wall now. We've been doing this for a week. Yes. So, you know, I mean, they don't have much more time to actually start the processing and having money flow or they'll be in violation of the law. Now, just going back to the Georgia DOL scenario, Department of Labor, look, if you have to reduce your workforce or you have to reduce their hours, you know, keep that in mind. That first $299 is basically free money to them. It doesn't count. I shouldn't say free money, but it doesn't count against them being able to go get some unemployment. So for employers who are really wrestling with, Hey, what do I do? I want to do the right thing. I want to, you know, I want, I don't want to hurt my employees, so forth and so on, which is an admirable thing. You got to do this math because at the end of the day, the employee doesn't care as long as they're getting paid, right? And if the government's going to backstop you and you're not qualifying for PPP, then this is the way I would go at it. You got to take a look at it, and this is part of what we do. So, you know, if you want to, if you want some help, I mean, and I said this last week, I've got a few emails, but. I'm willing to help you through this process for free. I don't don't shoot me, Gene. But at the end of the day, this is complicated. And at least having somebody to bounce some ideas off of. I mean, I'm not going to manage your money for free, but I can talk to you about this for free. Um, so if you want to talk, 770-429-9166. Now, the other couple of provisions that are fairly interesting is that they've they've eliminated mandatory withdrawals for this year. So if you've not taken your mandatory withdrawal, you don't have to. That would be even for somebody that just turned 70 and a half. Well, 72 so, now. Well, you're right. 72. Now, no, that's not for 2019. That's for 2020. Yeah, we're in Yeah, we're in 20, okay. right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I yeah. mean, I know you're 80, so if, man, but you know what year we're in, right? Yeah, no, no, <laughs> so I need to be no, worried no, about you. What I'm just saying is that you, it can't be retroactive. <laughs> no. no. No, no, no. Last okay. year is last year. This year is this year. Now, the problem is some people take their withdrawals at the beginning of the year. So... So you got two issues here, right? The first issue is if you've taken your withdrawal and you don't actually need it and you're within the 60 days of taking that withdrawal, there's a hard and fast rule that you can put it back in your IRA or retirement account. So as long as you're not past the 60-day window and you don't need this money, put it back in, okay? Right. Now, uh, you know, we have clients that have done this. If, you've, if you have withholding, Meaning you you said, hey, withhold so much money to state, so much money to federal. You can't put that money back in. Uh, or, okay. or let's put it this way. Your custodian can't make that money come back. Um, you could put the total amount back in, but then you will have prepaid your taxes, and you'll just have to get a refund or a credit for next year. So there's no way to get that money back. Does that make sense, what I'm trying to say, Gene? Yeah. Okay. So that's that's number one. Number two is if you're outside that 60-day window um, – and I'm looking for the rule here. I've got so many pages on my on my desk here. There's a window that, that – that, that, not a window. There's a rule that will allow you to pull $100,000 out of your retirement account, no penalties, and no taxes for three years. So think about it this way. If I've pulled my mandatory withdrawal out and I'm outside the 60-day window – 
then what I could do is, as long as I've been affected by the corona, or yeah, you, your COVID, family would have had to be affected. You're, you're, not just your family, you got to have an economic decline. Okay. Okay. Well, we've all had an economic decline. We've well, all yeah. been stock affected. Went right. Down. Everybody, no right. Your stock market went down. Yeah, your four hundred one k has probably right. been affected. Absolutely. I mean, because actually, there's a provision, there's a catch-all, and that was the catch-all. Yeah. You first read the first three bullet points of the law, you go, well, I don't know yeah, anybody, you know, and then all of a sudden right. there's that. Okay, if you've been affected economically, period. So uh, bottom line, Gene, is, is if you're outside that 60-day window, you can still put it back in. All you need to do is tell your custodian, hey, I was affected by the coronavirus. Boom. Put the money back in. No taxes. Now, flip side of that, and I know we're running long here, Kelly Lynn. I'll try to wrap it up for the segment. Flip side of that is if you've not taken your mandatory withdrawal and you, you want to take money out of your retirement account for whatever reason, you can take it out, $100,000, not taxable for three years. Is there an interest charge on that bill? Nope, no taxes, no penalty. So, and you so, can defer for three years. Like literally, you could take the money out the first year, and you could say, I, I, "I'm not in a situation where I could pay it back this year. No problem. You elect not to pay it back. Year two, no problem. Year three, well, you either pay it back, or you're going to be taxed." So what you're telling me is, I could pull a hundred thousand dollars out. Yep. And put it into a giant. CD, yep. paying how much, Troy? Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> nothing, <laughs> not much, <laughs> and then and then put it back. Yeah, three years later with no fee, and I and I could collect that a huge additional huge, rate of return. Yes. <laughs> yes, but more more practically, if you really need a cash infusion into your business, right, this is another yes. way they're allowing you to do it. Okay. And and the three years makes sense in that you know under that guys because then you're you know you assume that the economic conditions have passed and and we're ready to yep. get back to work yeah and, and gee we're going to stop here for a quick break but last point I'm going to make is these rules are changing so who knows you might get longer than three years that's true money talks we'll be right back. economy we've ever had and then one day you have to close it down in order to defeat this enemy when, when things, things go, wrong, go wrong knowledge is his power this is money talks gene gene should we sell is it time to sell no 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 no, no. Uh, are we too it, late should it, we have sold the worst, the worst thing you can do is sell the best thing you could do is buy, and the next thing you could do is do nothing, because, Bill, doing nothing is a active decision. There you go. It is an active decision. And that, you know what? Actually, doing nothing is harder than anything. That's true. It is that's completely true. harder than anything. Well, that's what makes people buy toilet paper, because they feel they have to do something. <laughs> See, I'm one of those people that goes and buys bullets. Because I figure if I need toilet paper and I have bullets, I will I'll get the toilet paper. You figure it out. <laughs> is that bad? Hey, Hold man, on. Are we, is, this, is this mic on? Neck, yeah. Is this uh, mic on? The redneck is so coming not. out, Bill. The yeah. redneck is coming out. A redneck with a plan. I'm just saying. If you have toilet paper and I have a bullet, I get the toilet paper. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just, maybe. <laughs> just, 
I'm not saying I won't go to jail. I'm just stating a fact. I, I want you to know my local bar, barbecue place is selling toilet paper. Are they really? That's yeah, awesome. I'm getting from Cisco. You know, they're selling there for no, not making a profit, but, you know. Oh, that's awesome. All right, let's talk about the markets. So yeah, we've uh, we've experienced, uh, you know, we've had uh, ups and downs obviously this week. But uh, if you look year to date, S and P 500 is down 22 percent. Uh, a bit of a bite in the shorts. Uh, energy is the leading laggard, if that is such a thing. 48.96 percent down uh, for the year. It's that's not its lowest point. Uh, we've actually rebounded pretty significantly off the March 23rd low for uh, for energy and oil, crude oil being the the driver there. Uh, pretty much every sector, all 11 sectors are down. Uh, consumer staples is down the least, down 12.35 percent. Healthcare down 14.45, and like I say, the overall market is down 22 percent. Now, if you look over the last five days. Uh, we've lost 4.66%. Consumer staples is up. The only positive, 1.66%. Healthcare slightly down 0.27%. And financials actually in the basement at the moment, just for the last five days, down 8.73%. Uh, Why well, do you think that is? Do you think that's because, so they're getting squeezed on interest rates, right? So that interest true. margin. Yeah. But you would think they're going to be making a ton of money off this SBA stuff. Or do yeah, you not? but doesn't, doesn't well, the financials include mutual funds, uh, management companies? That it does. Oh, yeah. okay. Insurance uh, companies. There's a lot insurance of stuff. Insurance companies. Yeah, I'm trying not to. Financials. I don't want to talk about how much we're losing in billing. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, no, that's absolutely the case. So, you know, there's a lot of things in there. It's not just banking. Banking makes up the brunt of it. Okay. But uh, there's a lot of other industries. If you look over the past 12 months, we're down 10.82%. Technology still positive, 4.86 percent. Um, energy just in the basement, 51.3. Troy, down. yeah, I saw some quasi little headline that said that oils are going to be negative priced. Uh, you know that the <laughs> thing there's that's no storage, and people said take it, please. Yeah, but well, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at that. But what's what's actually happening now is we have finally seen a little bit of a break. Um, we do see that. Uh, Energy oil prices actually were up about 5%. They're about uh, 33% off the bottom just from a few days ago. Uh, but that still means that they're below that uh, February 11th, 2016 date that I talk about quite often. Uh, that's when um, Russia and, and uh, Saudi Arabia back in 2016 finally made a deal that they would quit overproducing oil. They were just trying to drive the U.S. out of the oil business. Uh, that didn't work, but they also almost put themselves out of business. Oil got down to $26.21 a barrel back then. Today, it's around 24 So how, how does I – mean, you may not know the answer to this, Gene or Troy. So let's just say I'm in the fracking business, right? Sure. Shale fracking. Mm -hmm. Can I not mothball that and then come back when – Yeah, what usually happens is they just don't produce new – they won't poke a new hole in the ground. They'll continue pumping what they've got because the main cost so is So then how do front. they think that's going to put us out of pumping oil? I don't – Well, it did actually back in those days. But what I'm telling you is what happened. They continue to produce whatever they had already decided discovered so exploration right. and production sure uh being what they are the exploration yeah, the marginal cost is zero right so oh, they, okay. yeah they continue to pump it just provides cash flow although it's usually not enough cash flow for normal debt, operation right. and, and if somebody's in a good financial position a fracker is in a good financial position won't pump it out of the ground 
Yeah, exactly. If if it can be saved, as you said, Bill, just they'll mothball it. Yeah, just wait. So, and, uh, so so Troy and Gene, look, if I'm I'm just your average Joe, which I am, and so I'm saving in my 401k, and I've got some money squirreled away, and I'm been waiting for the decline. But you know, I feel like I'm smarter than the average bear, and I think this market's going to go down another 10 or 15 percent. Do I wait to buy? Do I buy now? Well, you know. Hey, Bill, you know our philosophy. You should be dollar cost averaging the market over a constant period of time. And trying to time the market is a fool's game. So you would buy that. Now, would you buy, let's just say I had 50 grand. Would you do all of it now? Would you do? No, I would, you know, I don't know if it's extra money on top of what you're already doing is, hey, put 10 grand a month in it. Okay. Yeah. That's I would just, you know, go easy. I would still DCA just as as Gene's talking about. Just and what sectors would you be buying in? The ones uh, that are beat up to yes, the most so oil and, and, and banking. Yeah, and I think maybe or not as much energy. banking at the moment because low interest rates are definitely going to be here for a while. I believe uh, anything with a dividend, the safe dividend especially. Uh, energy I like right now because the crude oil, the 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 piece that's at the heart of this is below the big global producers' uh, ability to maintain their own financial status. So they're going to have to pull back on their production. I would say that uh, oil prices, in fact, back from uh, February they have to go 11th, up. 2016, At some point they, have to go up. they quit their foolishness in February. Right. By, by uh, June 30th of that same year, oil prices were up 95%. The stocks that are associated with that were up somewhere around 35%, the energy sector. So I, I believe to get back to 60 bucks, we're at about 136% increase. I, I tell you what, I wouldn't worry about oil. I, 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 we have a portfolio we call the equity income portfolio, which is our companies that have paid dividends forever. They pay an above average rated dividend. Their earnings are going up and all that sort of stuff. I would aim at a portfolio like that to dollar cost average into. Okay. Yeah, longer term, that's where I like I to. You. Yeah, dividend payers. Okay, so look, and before we... And there's some oils in there. There are. Yeah, there are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I wanted to tell everybody, we, you know, today we touched on, you know, the payment protection program, PPP, and then we touched on the economic um, EIDL, economic yeah. injury disaster loan, whatever right. SBA is calling it now. But there's so much in this bill for everybody. You know, next week we'll talk about, you know, for individuals. But on our website, Hensler.com slash coronavirus, um, we are updating daily as we learn more. And we're not just regurgitating, here's what the law says. We're actually giving planning, hey, this is how you should think about it. Just like we talked about that $100,000 coming out. Well, maybe I want to borrow that money as interest-free because I need to do something else with it that makes some sense. And up till now, I didn't have that opportunity. I couldn't borrow against my 401k that way or my, my IRA. Um, so keep that in mind. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Dr. Gene, there's one piece of economic news. I know this week we got big jobless claims. Uh, last week they were up 3.28 million. This week they were up 6.6, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, so we doubled the ugliness. But uh, we did get the conference board CCI, their Consumer Confidence Index, and it, it uh, tumbled, as you might expect, from 132.6 uh, in, the, in the previous month. But this is data as of March 19th. And, and what I found that was a little interesting is, um, number one, they revised the numbers upward uh, from last month from uh, 167 up to 169. It's kind of minor, but, but the uh, 
current conditions, you know, there's two components of this, current conditions and then right, expectations. The yeah, current conditions seem to be a lot more stable. Obviously, a lot of folks are expecting the future to be much worse. But, uh, you know, I, I, I was really surprised. Consumers must be doing relatively well at the moment. Well, they don't have much choice, you know. Yeah. Um, everybody is making do with where they are and, and uh, doing what's best. And I tell you what, you can never under, underestimate the energy of people to want to spend money. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, the minute they're given the opportunity to walk into a Macy's or whatever, Katie, by the door. I hear you. No doubt. All, All right, right well, we're, we're going to wrap up here. Thank you for listening to Money Talks. Dr. Gene, thanks again for joining us. Uh, very happy to do it, guys. See yep. you later. Bye-bye. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.